0: Hey, race to rise fam. We're Rhonda and Renee, and we're back with a dose of R. And this time we are recording via Zoom. So if you follow us on Instagram, which we highly recommend that you do, you will be able to see and hear us record this.
1: Yeah, man. Oh new so, world. <laughs> summer's officially over. I say summer's officially over because basically it just means, you know, when school's in session, that's my interpretation of summer being over. And uh, we're back in effect and I'm sure everyone knows lockdown is back on. Um, There's been restrictions set on us since Monday, the 14th of September, where we can't hang out with a lot of people in England anymore. Now it's down to six. And then Mm -hmm. it's really confusing because even though we are in England and England is a part of the UK, it's so weird that England has its rules and Wales has its rules. Scotland has its rules and it's just really confusing. So all I know is I can't hang out with, another more than one other household and it's down to six anyway and
0: none of it makes sense because this does not apply to schools with students and it also does not apply to work yeah and so apparently the rona does not go to school or work i don't know i guess she just goes to bars and pubs it's all like yeah it's just all over the place and then they're telling people to return
1: to office and it's like is that a good idea if we're having all these restrictions and so honestly like you, you take that aside, we're still managing a global pandemic. And then you see all these wildfires that are happening in America, in California, in Oregon, and, and the current president is saying that it's not climate change, it's due to forest management. I digress. Uh, scientists have said it's climate change. But so that's going on as well while we were on our summer break, these wildfires. And then obviously, you know, justice is still being sought, right? And just as when we thought- Black
0: liberation movement.
1: Right. Just when we thought, you know, things were progressing, you know, because everyone was just so, you know, overwhelmed with the injustices that are happening structurally, institutionally with the likes of George Floyd and Breonna Taylor, and then Jacob Blake happened. And so our Mm -hmm. question is like, seriously, like, what's going on? Because, you know, we recorded Can We Live, Wake Up Call, and I'm just wondering, Mm -hmm. like, is this just in vain? Like, honestly.
0: And that's why we titled this particular episode, Many Rivers to Cross. And we thought about it because there, that's a famous song by Jimmy Cliff. So shout out to the Jamaican singer, Jimmy Cliff for making such an incredible song. It's been, you know, redone by like Cher and it's been covered by Tassan Chin from The Voice. Um, well, the song really alludes to the fact that, you you can go but so far and there'll still be so much more to do and if we think about that in terms of social justice or injustice we think about the fact that like you said you know there's this whole big upheaval George Floyd you know Ahmaud Aubrey, not to mention everyone that's happened before I mean I, I think this year would have been Emmett Till's 75th birthday and we've talked about Emmett Till um, you know in so many different um, forms before in different episodes. But then you think about, to your point, then Jacob Blake, it's, 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 it's never ending. We think about that 17 year old monster that came in from another state and was able to shoot and kill people, surrender, like aim to surrender, like walk with his hands up down a street and all he was told was, please get out of the way. And he was also given water. <laughs> like yeah. it's just completely, unbelievable and for all the people out there who you know got on the ally bandwagon because it was trendy in june and posted their black squares and you know may have posted probably didn't even fund any bail funds probably didn't even you know ask the question how can i be an ally or a better ally it is a full privilege to not have to worry about um black lives mattering anymore so if you're, if you find yourself in a position where it's not on the top of your list, and it's not on your mind daily, then understand that that's a privilege because it's on our minds every single day.
1: Yeah, it is. And I think for me, you know, I think I've said it before, the insanity is just, it's doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different results. So, you know, you have people protesting, you know, we're sharing our stories. Um, and what I realized is we have to vote because Mm -hmm. it's fine to share these sentiments, but again, it just shows that the overall structures and institutions that govern these processes fundamentally need to change. And so what makes an institution? The people. And so if we have the same people and we're the converted trying to share our message, I kind of feel like it's never really gonna change. And I don't know if that's me being a pessimist, but I'm just like, well, We've talked Mm -hmm. about it, but now we're not really talking about it that much. So out of sight, out of mind, right?
0: Yeah, that's true. I I think at the same time as well, there, there happens to be a lot that I think people may be doing in the background. So, you know, I can think about the work that I do in particular. There's so much going on in the background, but when you think about the amount of politics, and I'm not just talking about our institution that we work at, but various institutions, the amount of politics and the chains of commands. And, you know, I think it's just like this overall analysis paralysis where people are afraid of doing the wrong thing. So it takes very long to do the right thing. And then you just grow exhausted and you don't do anything. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's best to just go ahead and do something, to say something, exhibit something, And that kind of brings me back to the whole idea of, you know, these performative allyship examples where you have the black square. It's okay, you've done something in the moment, but now what? And as the person on the other side of that, we know there are many rivers to cross. There's so many more obstacles ahead of us. And I'm all for allies who do things in the background, but we also need people who do things in the forefront as well.
1: And I, I hear you on that front, but I feel like we're in an era where everyone, and it's mainly because of social media, everyone wants to be front and center when they're doing something right. And so sometimes I question like, are people just doing things for the clout? Are people just doing mm-hmm. this so that they can get loads of likes and, and recommendations? Because, you know, it's not really sexy to do stuff behind the scenes. It, it's more sexier to do things mm-hmm. in front. And so I question sometimes people who, all of a sudden have this drive and urgency. And I'm like, is that truly something that you're passionate about? Or is it because it's just a trend?
0: Yeah, and if it's truly something you were passionate about, why did it take for a grown man to be murdered on film for you to to then go, oh, wait a minute, I should really get involved. Now, you could be late to the party. There's so many people who I think genuinely wanted to believe, because they are good people, wanted to believe that the world had moved on in the right direction. I think there are people who genuinely want to believe that and and truly believe that. But then we think about one of those past facts that we mentioned in and I think it was Can We Live where we said and I I don't don't quote me on this it's just something I read but at least 70% of people white people don't have like contextualized like they ha- don't have black friends. They don't have yeah know, other than work or a neighbor several blocks away or a handy person or whatever they or a coach for their child's soccer game or whatever they don't have a black person in their life and so i think that's the first step it's like really evaluating house like who do i have around me and
1: can i just interrupt you for how a second? am i interacting is can that interrupt me <laughs> is that likewise <laughs> but Is that really an excuse? And the only reason I say that is I've gotten into a debate with a couple of friends about this. I don't have a diverse set of friends. Can we really say that in 2020? Like, If you work for a global company or if you live in a large metropolitan city, um, in the era of social media, 24-7 news, can we really say that we're just oblivious just because you may hang out with a subset of society? I struggle with that argument. Mm. Legit, legit, and I, I've gone into arguments with Nev because Nev's just like, "Well, if someone's not exposed to it, how should they know?" But I mm. struggle with in twenty twenty not getting any touch points on that.
0: I agree with you. There are definitely, there's no excuse for not having touch points. At the same time, I did. I know of a couple people, like a full week post George Floyd's unfortunate murder, who still were like, "What?" What happened? And I'm just like, pardon, the the world is on fire. Hello? Have you not heard of this? I think, and again, I think it goes back to the privilege. There is privilege in being blissfully and happily ignorant and ignoring the world and the plight of people who do not look like you. Mm. There is a reality to that. And you can self select in or out of that because that is what the privilege affords you to do.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I, I hear that, I mean, especially like in Europe when we have the huge immigration problem. um, Mm -hmm. And more recently there was a fire in, in one of the immigration sites in an island in Greece. And so, yeah, maybe some people just, you know, if you're a naturalized citizen or a resident or you've been sponsored by a company to work in cities such as London, Amsterdam and Paris, you may not be privileged to the struggles of people fleeing war-torn country. So yeah, maybe mm-hmm. yeah, ignorance is bliss, I guess. But I I just struggle with that. But um I don't know, like how do you feel? Like, cause I know I sound a bit like not relaxed and it, it could be that I'm operating on minimal sleep because of my baby girl <laughs> Chloe. But like do you feel refreshed? Like do you feel like after so, August, even though relaxing and everything, like do you feel no. energized and ready to end 2020?
0: No, I feel like I am uh, and this is pro. I don't know if it's a function of the work I do, but I do feel like I'm perpetually tired. So not necessarily sleepy, not necessarily agitated, like not necessarily fatigued. It it, it is a a gen- general cloud surrounding my skull. <laughs> like it, I just feel like there's just kind of like I'm moving in mud. And you know what's interesting? It's I'm not the only one. I was talking to at least three friends today alone, um, all within the Black community, and each of them are having different issues. Like one is, you know, reflecting on the anniversary of a really difficult situation that's happened in life. The other is mom's in the hospital. The other is just lost a, a, a dear friend, and each person said, "I just feel off." And I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, is it the change in seasons? But all of us are in different continents having this conversation, mm. right? And then I just said to myself, you know what? It's it's 2020 because we have to remember, as a community, we entered you know 2020 like full clear vision, da da, da da da, this is going to be a great year, all of that. And the reality is. COVID-19 is, and we've said this a million times, it's disproportionately, uh, you know, affecting our communities. So it's hard pressed to find someone that we know that doesn't know someone like one degree of separation who's died from COVID. Whereas perhaps in other communities, it's probably two or three degrees, right? So that's one. And then two, there's a full blown, you know, Black liberation movement. And it just feels like there's one thing after another, after another, after another, plus the the angst, I don't know about you, but I have like this kind of low key angst about the election. When I think about the election of 2016, I was still living in Hong Kong and I was in an office, I was the only person of color in my office at the time, the only black person probably, definitely the only black person in my particular team uh, at that time. And I just remember we're all looking at the screen and you know, we're kind of looking at it like, oh, we're just gonna take a break from the desk and look at the screen with zero expectation that the outcome would have been the outcome. And I just remember being like, so shocked, flabbergasted, gobsmacked, whatever Mm -hmm. word you want to use. And so I think there's also this feeling within the community, and we're speaking globally now, even though we record from London, and we both work in London, and we live in London. But I, I feel like as an American, there is this angst that I have in my chest, like, goodness, what's going to happen in less than eight weeks? So it's, yeah. it's a year of a lot of spent energy, and I do not feel fresh. I do not feel refreshed. I'm trying to remain like glass half full, but that is just hard, yo. It's hard.
1: Yeah, it is hard. I mean, I think, <laughs> you know, first of all, shout out to Sora Kamala Harris for being making history and being the first African-American woman to run for vice president. I think that's just amazing. She's half Jamaican, but book, half Indian, <laughs> and I just think her whole story, Howard university alum though I went to University of Florida but still it's just amazing to see history in the making um but there's to your point been so much trauma over the year and what was meant to be the year of clarity um vision for a lot of people i think there's been a lot of coming at the moment year for people and i just question even corporations because you see what's happening you know outside and i know a lot of leaders like to think well that's outside but my company is fine and I just wonder if you think there will be an uprise in, in frustration and sentiment because the numbers don't lie. Um, we're not in the boardrooms. We don't hold the C-suite roles and we're yeah. not the large investors. And so, you know, it's fine to make donations. It's fine to do hashtags, But but where's the the work to kind of make sure that there's everlasting change and that leadership is a reflection of society. I don't expect it to happen overnight, but right. I, I, I look forward to the day where the same way a CEO is held to this high standard of making sure key performance indicators are met, that will include diversity.
0: It has to. I, 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 I struggle to foresee a success Successful world as it pertains to this, go forward without it being tied to comp, you know, to people's money. And I think to your point, it can't happen overnight. There's absolutely no way it can happen overnight. And I actually don't want it to happen overnight. So I wouldn't want all of a sudden, oh, oh, wow, we've just appointed this Black person to be in this role. Because one, I want to make sure people are ready when they're ready to take on these challenges. Because we all know the famous adage, it's like, You have to work twice as hard to go twice as far, right? Or half as far. And what I don't want is to see this over-stimulation, over-inflation, over-progression if it's not genuine and then people fail Mm -hmm. because because if someone that doesn't look like us fails, there's all kinds of reasons why. If we fail there's a stigma behind it. So I think we need to be really careful, but something that you and I were talking about a couple of days ago was, I personally feel like it starts with, there's been a lot of let's let them in the room. There's been a lot of, oh, we wanna learn more about this community. We wanna learn more about what we can do, how we can be better allies, how we can work better, blah, 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 blah. And I've been hearing this from friends across different industries, um, different countries et etc so I think that's a general sentiment of most corporations mm-hmm. and, and industries right now but it's not just like let's let you in the room oh and by the way we'll pull up a seat have a seat but okay when you're finished having telling us what we want to hear please, please yeah. you know please leave and like don't let the door hit you right I think it not only needs to be an invitation into the room and to stay in the room and to have a seat in the room but At first I was thinking, oh, it should be like, you know, swinging door where there's like open access to come in and out of this room. But I think we need to take the door off the hinges altogether. It just needs to come down and there needs to be a very fixed, open, you know, inviting, welcoming, deserved seat at the table for us. Yeah. Permanently in order for any change to be made. And we also have to be careful who sits in that seat because all skin folk and kin folk and
1: we know that. Totally. I respect that. But I also think it depends on the seats that you get to begin with. Um, Hmm. Because if you're in a seat that, to be honest, is not ever going to be influential, you're never going to get the invitation. It's just a fact. Yeah. And I think disproportionately, we tend to get the roles that will never really give you that opportunity even of consideration to be invited to the room so i think it starts with you know the recruiting it starts with where people are placed it starts with sponsorship it starts with accountability and i think to your point compensation and placement and whether you continue Mm -hmm. in the firm because you know i i just again i'm nerdy ratchet so it's cool if everyone's like offset do anything for clout but also yeah. you know, your amigos and walk it like you talk it, and the only way you can do that is really look at the lay of the land and say, again, the seats that are typically geared for leadership at the start, do we even have the representation of society today in those seats? And I, yes, I don't yeah. want people to be like Oprah and say, you get a senior role, you get a senior, <laughs> you get a senior role. I don't want that. Now
0: they were coming with cars, I'll totally take a car. Yeah, that's fine.
1: But the truth Dude. is, you know, McKenzie and Sheryl Sandberg have already done the research and says, well, especially for black professional women, you know, we don't need to lean in. We We are typically more ambitious and more qualified. It's just not getting the support, right? So, you know, I don't think a lot of people want handouts. I just think people want opportunities and they want to be considered objectively. And
0: yeah. I always say it boils down to two things. And that's when I think about, even outside of the Black community, when I think about gender, when I think about the Asian community, when I think about disability, or anyone who is you know, historically disadvantaged, I think everything boils down to opportunity and access. If you deny people of those two things, and in the case of a lot of these disadvantaged communities, that is from birth. You are born with these disadvantages. And I, you know, fight your mom on that, because I stand by that, um, for the most part. Uh, I think once you deny, once that is denied of someone both opportunity and access, it's 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 it takes a lot of undoing to get to to the right place. Um, but even if I think about, and I know our audience goes beyond kind of corporate America, so if I think about people who are entrepreneurs, my hope, and you know, we talked about whether or not we're hopeful, my hope is that now, I, I keep saying this is like the year of the unicorn for us. Now, when we think about people who are starting businesses or currently running businesses, people you know who are trying to accelerate in corporate UK, corporate America, corporate Asia, whatever it may be, that we now feel we have a voice to call out what we see is wrong. Now it's up to people to hear us, but I I get really concerned with individuals who don't want to rock the boat too much and so therefore say everything is fine yeah because i think that's so dangerous
1: it is and dangerous a, but i think rhetoric if you look in the past like have people been rewarded for being honest and also do people really want to hear the truth like seriously
0: well okay but you know
1: truth, truth is <laughs> No, a I, i'm question. just saying like let's be honest like question. when you talk to a senior we'll person right does a senior person truly want to hear the truth, or do they want to hear that everything is fine? Which one, which answer do you I, think it is?
0: To be fair, I think it depends on the person. I'll be totally fair, and I think even as you know, as an entrepreneur, if you're going out there and you're trying to you know po- position yourself and and get business for your organization, you have to think: Does my audience want the truth, or does my audience want to hear you know the glitz? But I think, I think what I'm trying to say is know your audience, so know who yeah. that person is, but also now is the time to test. Use it as a test case if you if you're bold and brave enough to do that. So that's kind of that's kind of my positioning.
1: But yeah, change is
0: change is a hard thing, and I don't think people are ready for change. Uh, I think people say they're ready for change, but we'll it'll it'll we'll see.
1: Yeah, no, I think I mean look for the entrepreneurs. I think now is the time, you know, I have a couple of friends who are in venture capital and they're all about, you know, making sure that more money is actually being deployed to minority owned businesses. So definitely, I think, you know, ride the wave, but I'm just wondering, are we gonna have the same energy in 2021? Or is this just because this is a hashtag moment?
0: I'm gonna tell you who might not have the energy child and that would be me, I'm tired. (laughs) yeah i'm tired i'm tired and i give i give so much kudos to people who live and breathe this um because i've only just started a couple years ago like doing this this work full time because it is it is so deeply personal and i also give credit where i think i give credit where i think is due and i give credit to allies who work in the background and who've always been doing the work have always seen people's yeah. potential and have always tried. And if you're one of those allies who this is nothing new to you, you, you you've always done the work, you've always been a mentor to people, you've always sponsored people. My f- favorite example is the 1968 Olympics, where you know we think about Tommy Smith, for example, um, and, and the other gentleman whose name is escaping me right now, but when you know they stood and did the the salute and it was then perceived to be the black power fist they said it was you know a human rights salute but they did the salute um you know when they were awarded their medals and the young australian peter who had gotten a silver medal what's not known is that he was the one that encouraged both of them to wear that pair of black gloves and so you'll see one wearing one on the right hand one wearing one on the left hand and he's actually wearing a human rights pin so he operated in silence and was actually ostracized when he went back to Australia for doing that. And, you know, lived the rest Australia of his life this history, kind of- Australia though. <laughs> girl, 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 we could do a whole episode on that. Um, you know, lived live the remainder of his life. I think he died in you know, the late eighties, early nineties, but lived the remainder of his life kind of dealing with that and trying to justify his actions when, I mean, this is 1968, but to think, to be brave enough to be brave enough as an ally on such a public stage, but still silently doing the work. Because notice he didn't raise his fist. Yeah. He didn't say, "Oh, you know, let me go up and do the salute with you." He knew to stay in his lane. Which brings me to interestingly, I think there's a show. There's a show called Is it the View? Does the View still come on? Yeah. Like Joe Behar, I think is her name, yep. and I think Star Jones used to be on it, and Whoopi Goldberg, mm-hmm. etc. This morning, I saw the most hilarious clip. It was Jane Fonda. So shout out to Jane Fonda. I think she is bad as ever. Jane Fonda was on there. Um, it might have been a, a episode a couple weeks ago, but I just saw the clip this morning. And Joe Behar was like, I don't think we should be using the term defund the police. We should be saying this term instead. And she's like, and, and Jane is like listening to her. She's nodding. Beautiful little haircut. She's like, mm-hmm, I hear you, Joy. Um, listen, we're not in the position to be saying that they should be changing the terminology for anything. This is not our space. This is not our platform. This is not our barbecue. We are not invited. (laughs) So if these, she's like, if this community wants to say defund the police, if they wanna say Black Lives Matter to the hills, we need to sit back and listen. And you just see Joy kind of straighten up and she's like, yeah, 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 yeah. I totally agree. And I think that's the kind of allyship you need. Like we don't need people to step in and say, this is how you should be doing it. We hear you. We're actively listening. And by the way, here's our two cents. No, like be informed, be educated and be open. And we don't need that direction. So yeah. shout out to Jane Fonda.
1: That's awesome. Yeah, look, I mean, I think you need to your point allies who are influential and don't necessarily need to be front and center. But I also think you need ones who are vocal, who are unapologetic. And no problem to, you need both. You, you need the balance yeah, the name and shame. Um, you know, I'm happy to see other people in the sports and entertainment industry now be so vocal and speak up, like Naomi Osaka, who just won the U.S. Uh, Open. On and I mean, one, she stood out in one of the games. Two, she wore a mask every day that had a victim, uh, that paid homage to one of the victims, whether it was Tamir Rice, Breonna Taylor, Trayvon Martin. And so, you know, I think it's just great to see people who are doing it now because if you have the platform you got to use your power to 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 make a point and you know colin kaepernick did this four years ago and i will always give him his props because he did this yeah. a thing um yeah. and he didn't do it to be a thing and so in life i think for anyone whatever your journey is like don't do something just for the immediate cloud do it because is something you genuinely care about. There's things that I've done that only came out to light five years later, right? And so mm-hmm. I just hope that when people are on this movement, that you're really seeing this as a long-term trade and not just something that's gonna get you to the next promotion or, or get you access to, to certain things or get you new contracts if you own your own business, like, like truly be consistent and genuine with whatever you're doing.
0: Let me ask you something. I just out of curiosity, what do you think it is? uh, What, what, what made George Floyd's murder the catalyst? Like we saw Tamir Rice get killed and Philando Castile, like that's still burnt in my, my memory two months prior, three months prior, we saw them chase Ahmaud Arbery and, and, and his life. And I just, I think as a member of the community, I continue to scratch my head and I'm, I don't want to use the wrong language. I don't want to say I'm grateful or anything like that. But, you know, that was a powerful catalyst. But I'm just like, what what about it? Why now? Why this year? And. Yeah, so I
1: think, I mean, my opinion is, I think the world was on pause. Like, literally nothing was happening, right? And Mm. so with the coronavirus, you're not traveling. You don't have games. You couldn't even hang out with your mates if you wanted to and, you know, have a pint, right? And so I think the silence is louder. You know, the violence is just just more, right? And mm-hmm. it's like, oh my gosh. I mean, it's just, there was no way to avoid it because you had no distraction. You know, you weren't mm-hmm. at a basketball game. You weren't at a concert. You weren't in a spa. You weren't at a beach. You're at home, 27, mm-hmm. and I think it's hard to avoid like there's people senior people who I would have never talked to who took it upon themselves to reach out to me to say hey are you okay like because it's just it's just one of those things you people were just like this is like not a one-off you know what I mean like oh,
0: yeah you know
1: when people realize like oh my god this is not an isolated incident it's just so happened yeah it's been happening faster. for
0: 400 years
1: yeah what? and and I think that's what it was it's just that you know I think with the coronavirus, I know that you know. I've seen funerals on Zoom. I'm going to be attending weddings in Zoom. My baby showers were on Zoom. And so while you missed out on a lot of events, you also, people had a a chance to kind of take stock and really look at the world and channel Marvin Gaye and be like, what's going on? Because Mm. it's crazy.
0: Mm. Gotta get him on vinyl, child. Now you got me added to the collection. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know.
1: Yeah, so I, I mean, look, I don't wanna be negative because, you know, Brianna <laughs> It's like, Taylor, I don't wanna
0: be negative, but we spent an entire episode- I know, it's a long time, We Need you know, to get their lives. <laughs>
1: I, I, it's hard, you know, I kinda felt like, I felt really energized with all the love from Can We Live to Wake Up Call. We took a break, then Jacob Blake happened. But then as of today, you know, Brianna Taylor's family got the largest settlement ever um that's been awarded to an african-american woman um and it's unfortunate money because yeah
0: the money 12 million is back.
1: never going to bring her back but i think it just kind of shows that you know fundamentally the whole situation was flawed still haven't heard yet what the attorney general daniel cameron has to say but i know at least the mayor of louisville has basically said look you know they're going to revamp and you know, make a lot of investing on training and everything like that. But yeah, hopefully justice will come because as Breonna Taylor's family said, this is step one, but you know, this is a multifaceted process.
0: Yeah. And something I will say for those, those out there who may be allies and manage, um, black employees, those who may be, um, Uh, clients of Black entrepreneurs or contractors or what have you, I just implore you from the depths of my gut as as an HR professional in the space who specializes in the space, please don't let this be one of those years where you forget the 90% amazing things that your talent or your you know your contractor or what have you may have done. You know in at period full stop. Don't just focus on that one day where the person's you know attention may have been drifting. Okay, don't focus on that day when they may have had to log off early and may have told you that they had a headache or stomach ache or insert excuse or valid issue. Yeah, I think there is so much unsaid, unearthed trauma, unrecognized, unhealed, undealt with, unacknowledged trauma that has come to the surface this year, even for the most senior people in this community, even for the most woke and, you know, personally woke about the own Black community, the most hippie of us all, like, there's so much unearthed pain and sorrow on top of everything that everyone's experiencing around the coronavirus pandemic that I just, Literally personally beg and implore you, demonstrate a level of grace. when you're writing that review, don't tear someone up because they took an extra vacation day. Don't tear someone up because they took a sick day that by the way, it, they're entitled to, okay? Um, be thoughtful, be thoughtful, be kind, and just know that it is exceptionally challenging to get up every morning to sit on a zoom to now, feel pressured to go in an office many organizations are going back I know our organization is not fully back but many are like trying to get to 100% and then still wonder is my brother safe is my uncle safe is my you know that that is a very specific lived experience and so I know I'm like ranting slightly about it but it's it's so real so for that entrepreneur that you have coming into your office and pitching you something that they seem a little off like demonstrate grace please, please.
1: I I think that's a powerful point to make simply because, one, that's the reason why emotional intelligence is the new intelligence, right? Because I think it's about having empathy, um, having the ability to recognize that you may not experience, you know, someone else's, but recognize that they see the world through a different lens. Um, And to your point, I think typically in life, and depending on the culture of the company too, right? Like if you're in an investment bank or in a tech company, you tend to just be like, look, I work with high performers. So it's a given if they do well, but then if they don't do well, you kind of zoom in on that. And I think to your point, just kind of look at things holistically. Right. And then apply context. Right. And then promote open communication. Right. That's how you build relationships. Mm. with people Cause if you don't maintain open line of communication, if you're not, Challenging your emotional intelligence and if you are looking at everything as black and white and i get it i'm an accountant by trade i'm pretty black and white Mm -hmm. but i also recognize that people are human and there are some areas that are gray and sometimes just the element of hey is everything okay because just kind of noticed you said one two three or you're just not your usual self so i think it's very important and and to your point even More recently in the Wall Street Journal, we had senior Black executives, whether they were senior vice presidents, chief financial officers, or just successful business owners who aired their hearts about what it's like Mm -hmm. being Black and how despite their successes, you know, they were reminded with all of the events that we've been talking about that they're not immune. So I really appreciate you making that point because this is the most in my, don't want to date myself, but almost 15 years of working where I've seen so many of us be so vocal and vulnerable and transparent. And I just hope that that's not being held against us because in the era of being authentic, I really hope that that's not being held against us.
0: Mm -hmm. And you know, at the end of the day, it's, it's, it's about owning your truth. It's about owning your truth. And so again too when I when we talk about grace for those individuals who are being vulnerable and who are going out there like protect your peace I often describe it as sometimes at the end of the day you just want to like zip out of your skin and like wring it out let it hang to dry and like put it back on because some days it does feel like that but it's protect your peace you know whatever whatever I think makes you happy or brings you we talk about self-care all the time brings you an element of joy is super important on a on a different note you know you're a mom now so you're a mom and when we think about chloe who we all know is going to be the ceo of something major um she will definitely be my boss one day um are, are you hopeful like do we think look at you first of all look at you beaming talking about yeah. talking about your baby girl she's like yeah that's my baby I know. Um, but are you are you like what are your thoughts
1: like yeah, definitely look like i have to be hopeful simply because i'm looking at You know, if I look at where my grandma started to where my mom was to what my mom's done for me to what I'm trying to do for Chloe. um, I am hopeful. I'm hopeful in that I think we've learned and so we're going to be imparting knowledge and I'm hopeful that Chloe will not only learn from her own mistakes, but she'll learn mistakes from me and her aunties, right? And her uncles and her dad. Um, And so I think the generation, I mean, we're still millennials, but even the generation after us, they're vocal. They have mm-hmm. no problem putting things on blast. And so mm-hmm. I just don't think this tomfoolery can continue forever because people are okay with posting things on LinkedIn. People are okay with saying hashtag here too. Um, and so that's why I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful because I've never seen so many people from all walks of life um, protest. You know, like mm-hmm. it Trayvon Martin, it, it literally was just us. Right? Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, yeah.
1: you know, there's people in Iran, there's people in Italy, there's people in the Netherlands, there's people in all parts of the...
0: Everywhere. Region,
1: everywhere in the... Everywhere. World. And so that's what keeps me hopeful. But I know that this is a slow steady process because the truth of the matter is if I look at the lay of the land if i look at who pulls the levers who has control mm-hmm. they're kind of pale male no shade but it's true and often and often stale girl often right sale. so yeah. for me i'm like well until there are more women until that you account for intersectionality until it is a reflection of society it is going to be long but i chloe is just you know she'll be eight weeks um, this upcoming Saturday. So I have to hope in 25 years' time, it got to be better than where it is now. So for that reason, because of the younger generation being vocal, because of the hashtag movement, because people are in the era of naming and shaming, I got to believe it's going to be better. I
0: have yeah. to. <laughs> and to your point, it's a, it's a slow study Process. I mean, there, you know, many rivers to cross. I'll bring it back to the title. Like there is a lot more to do. Um, you know, I want to say we can't give up, we have to keep going. And this is all very true. But I think we can only stay energized if we we appreciate that we need to rest ourselves. So I do hope for people out there who, you know, were able to get a break over the summer. Take your break if you haven't. Um a lot of these corporations are not going to be rolling over vacation days. So take your vacation day. Take your va- Don't let anyone tell you you can't take your vacation day um, or guilt you into not taking your vacation day or make you feel ashamed because you booked a vacation. I think for the self made people, the entrepreneurs out there, um, build it in, build yeah. in that time to stay energized and to, to give back to yourself. And I think we need to just continue to give back to our communities anywhere we can. You know, one of the things for me is like giving back to students and giving back to children. So even for my alma mater, when I think about Cornell, I went to Cornell University. I have always been um, an alumni ambassador. So every year for the past 12, however long it's been since i graduated, probably 14 years now, I have always taken the time to interview candidates that are diverse who do want to go to Cornell University. So pick your thing, whatever that thing may be. Mm -hmm. But I think it's important for us within the community to continue to to reach back and give back because now we're in the position to provide opportunity and access, even though we've had to bang down the doors for it. There's no point in having this, you know, sort of power at our stages of life and our levels if we're not really going to share that with others.
1: No, totally. I agree. I mean, I always give back whether I'm mentoring, whether I'm volunteering, um, whether I'm donating, because I truly believe that, you know, it's an obligation, especially when you've been blessed. It's it's, not, it's an obligation to give back. And I truly believe that the two most important numbers in your life are the year that you were born and the year that you die. And it's very important mm. that you do what's in between um, to the best of your ability, because you know, I shout out to the, to the late Chadwick Bozeman and I just look mm. at him in his 43 years. Like to me, that's purposeful living where you are so in love with your craft and his craft was just to entertain and, and to give us amazing films. And so I would rather have 43 years of purposeful living than 80 years of just being so engulfed in my own as opposed yeah, and to- existing. Right, so- Yeah. Yeah, give back, lift as you climb, do it for the culture. Allies, keep on listening. Everyone spread the love. And I'm just hoping our best and brightest days are are still ahead of us.
0: Many rivers across, yes, but there are brighter days. They will come. They will come. We will make it to 2020 or through 2020, I should say, we have so far. This is probably the fastest year of my entire life. I don't think I've ever had a year come by this quickly. Um, and We'll make it through. And like you said, I I am very curious to see us go into January and to ensure that this momentum continues. And for those who are listening in, thank you so much for coming back for season two. It is season two? Season three! It's season three. So thank you for coming back for season three. And uh, we're just excited to be back. We'll continue to bring things to you on the topics of relationships, mental health, We're going to keep things real and raw around social justice, around career development, around women empowerment. So we're also super open to suggestions and feedback. We'll be looking for guests this season as well. So tune in and follow us on Instagram.
1: Yeah, man. And we may just have ratchet girl talk, you know, like it's okay. We need
0: one of those. Yeah, we we need an episode. Can we talk about sex in an episode? Can we just like... (laughs) no no look at you blushed okay no problem i'm, I'm
1: the You can right talk about anything you. but i think you know sometimes <laughs> it's cool just to have fun um yeah so yeah just watch this space and thank you so much i'm i'm just amazed that we have listeners now in qatar um what? Kenya, hey, qatar. yeah hey, so qatar. you know it's just amazing that our family is growing and we just thank you so much it's beautiful that it's growing organically and we just hope that you help us to continue to grow rapidly because this is something that obviously we want to see grow to its maximum potential. So that's it. All right. So, everyone, remember that everyone's race is different, but we want you to stay the course, keep running your race, and you will rise to the top. Take Until care. Next time.
0: Bye. Bye.